0: residing deep within Happy Valley in central Pennsylvania here is your host Michael Lanick
1: Okay so we're back for another episode of the Hunger for Hannibal podcast and it's me Mike Lanick your host and with me is Sarah Hey, everyone. So, well, obviously at this point, if you've been listening to the podcast uh, this season, then Sarah is a familiar name and a voice. She's been on quite a bit, which has been excellent, I have to say. And uh, she's again here this week to uh, rein me in a little bit, because you know how crazy I can get on this <laughs> podcast. And uh, yeah, provides some good perspective, as always, and uh, I missed last week's episode. Uh, I didn't have one, obviously. I was out on a vacation. Uh, I was down in Virginia Beach for the week. It was uh, excellent. I had a great time. Uh, a lot of sun, a lot of sand, a lot of hot sand, uh, and uh, good waves, good water, and just a relaxing time. So uh, we have some feedback, which we'll get to towards the end of the podcast. And it mostly has to do with the episode that I didn't give you. So, you know, when we get to that point, uh, we have like I think five, I think five emails, which is great. And I have a voicemail, which I'll have to do uh, later. So I guess let's jump right into uh, the episode and into the recap and review. So before we kind of really delve into the details, Sarah, what did you think of this episode in general?
0: It's episode three or the episode we just saw last night, episode four? Uh, the episode we
1: just watched last night. All
0: right. I really liked it. I liked that we got to finally catch up with um, all the characters. And I loved seeing Chilton again and making his rounds. And oh, his face is worse than Mason's. Who would have thought?
1: <laughs> yeah. i tell you what. That is a gruesome sight. You know, having not seen him in so long, you forget what was done to him, you know? Like, the details kind of slip away. You're like, oh, he was shot, you know? But you haven't seen him since since that episode and at the the end. And, of course, when he was shot, we didn't see anything, Mm -hmm. you know? So, all we saw was a blood spatter and... So with this character gone for so long, you, like I said, you just kind of forget about him and about what he went through, you know. So you're right, though. He was really mangled.
0: Like when you know? I first saw him and he didn't – like he had his makeup on and all his stuff in his face and I'm like, damn, he looks good for getting shot in the face. And then it's yeah. like, oh, OK. There it is. <laughs> yep. Let's take this out. Let's
1: take this out. Oh, there's oh. the gunshot wound. Like, Wow. Yeah, Wow, that's, that's, that's brutal.
0: <laughs> it reminded me from that scene from, um, one of the James Bond movies. I think it was Skyfall, where that guy, he had like arsenic in his face and oh. then he like, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he takes everything out and it's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you found out later that that was a big inspiration for
0: probably
1: Pride for Chilton. So that's, that's actually a really, really good comparison.
0: Yeah, uh, so. sickening. <laughs>
1: Okay, alright, so I'll tell you what, let's just go right into the recap here, we'll we'll do what we usually do, which, we usually just do a recap, we kind of just go through the events of the episode, don't really delve into too much detail, and then once the episode recap is done, then we can really get into the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. So, here we go. Alright, so the episode opens up, obviously, with uh, Chilton being shot, and... It's, it's a gruesome moment. You really see the bullet come through the window, through his face, outside the back of his head, blood flies. Uh, yeah, very, very gruesome, uh, but would we expect anything less from this show? Uh, yep. <laughs> so we got to see that, that play out um, in slow motion, of course, just for our benefit. And uh, then we see Chilton in Visiting Mason. Yeah,
0: (laughs) two interesting people in one room.
1: (laughs) Yes, two very, one person very, very (laughs) twisted, and another person uh, who's always been very full of himself, um, but what's been done to him has altered him drastically.
0: He's like the diet version of Mason, he's zero calories.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yes, yes. Uh, on the outside, he looks quite inviting. On the inside, uh, spin him back out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they have this nice little conversation, don't they? About, uh, you know, I'll, well, you know, I'll show you my face. You show me yours. Uh, like, you know, sharing battle wounds, that kind of
0: thing. It's okay, guys. Uh, you don't need to. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like, yeah, it's okay. I think I got the point. I don't need to see anymore. Um. And, uh, you know, they they, they kind of just dance around each other a little bit, don't they? You know, what are your intentions? What, what are you really looking for? Uh, and it seems initially like there might be some kind of common ground between the two, which there is. But, you know, there reaches a point in the conversation where Mason really pulls the plug on the meeting, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he wants to capture and kill Hannibal where Chilton just wants to get him captive yeah so it's a deal breaker on Mason's end
1: yeah it's 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 true um yeah he does he reaches that point where enough is enough he he thinks Chilton's kind of picking a little too much and says this is it we're done and you know move on so (laughs) Chilton gracefully exits I guess um So, from that scene, we move on to Will getting stabbed again. It's like, holy cow. It's like every episode, it's like, let's revisit that scene. Let's watch... You know, Lecter just twist that knife in a little deeper, a little more deep. Oh, what? We didn't get to see that shot of the blood running down Will's Will's stomach.
0: Oh, we haven't seen it from the inside yet.
1: Yeah, like yeah, sure. Why not? Let's just go from every angle. What? well oh, that's right. When when Lecter stabbed that knife in, he had a camera attached to the blade so that you know, for his own benefit later, so he could sit back on the plane and watch, you know, it, you know, watch the uh, the scene play out from inside Will. But yeah, it it was like okay, all right. I mean, as much as that's a, as much as that scene is devastating, I hope in a way, unless they really show something different in a way that that's the last time that I have to see that because a, I've seen it enough now in the first three or four episodes that I don't think that we need to see it anymore. I feel like we get the point. Yeah, yes, this was a very emotionally awful moment for everybody except for wow okay lector yeah he was devastated but he was the one inflicting the damage so not much sympathy on my end uh for yeah. lector so yeah i think this is good um so yeah he gets stabbed again and will wakes up and he initially thinks he sees abigail come into the room like we saw a couple episodes ago and instead it's actually chilton
0: yep with flowers <laughs>
1: With flowers. Such a kind man.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So thoughtful.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, he has an ulterior motive, doesn't he? Of course. And so he's basically doing... You know, it's it's something that we see happen throughout this episode. Chilton is making his rounds to all of Lecter's victims. Essentially, as we'll see play out throughout the rest of this episode, he's looking for an ally.
0: Mm -hmm. So you can help him.
1: Yes. Um, So he tries to... To play the sympathy card towards Will, you know, uh, in a way. But he's also very brutally honest. I noticed in this episode too with everybody. Actually, he doesn't. He doesn't um, seem to have a filter, in a way. You know, he's sympathetic to Will, but he's also basically calling Will out on the bullshit that he. Yep. He's basically the one that helped cause all this, so he may as well man up and you know do what he needs to be done and help Chilton bring Will in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Will rebuffs or Hannibal him. in, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hannibal in, and Will rebuffs him and says essentially the same as Mason, you know, move on. Doesn't he? Yeah,
0: he's definitely not wanting anything from anybody this episode. <laughs>
1: No, Will yeah, Will is definitely a bit of a downer this week. I mean, yeah. Will has usually been a downer for a while, but this episode, he really um, takes it to a new level.
0: Yeah, dialed up the emo. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, yes. I mean, I don't really want to refer to him as emo Will, you know.
0: <laughs> Not for a long time, but this but, episode, he definitely is a downer. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like, it's like dude, like, like, I don't know. Like, I know things are kind of bad, but... I don't know. Turn on some Saturday morning cartoons or something. Turn on some Ben and Jerry. It, 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 do something <laughs> funny, like watch a comedy show. It's like, yeah. man, I can't, I can't stand to see you do this every episode. So, anyway, so yeah, so he rebuffs Chilton, and so from there on, from there at that point. Um, we move on to Will fixing his engine, his boat engine, if that's yep. a little sign to all you mm-hmm. fans out there for what's coming.
0: Yeah, it also um, explains why it took him eight months to get to Hannibal.
1: Yes, it's like, man, this is taking me forever, but it's my therapy. <laughs>
0: yep. So,
1: yeah. Um, so, Jack visits, and they they speak uh, some truths to each other, don't they?
0: Mm-hmm. Jack wants to know why he called Hannibal.
1: Exactly. You know, he's a little hurt that Will didn't come to say, hey. Um, yo, how you doing? Uh, I see you've been hurt. Um, how's Bella doing? <laughs> you know, just the general, like, hey, we both survived this carnage. How about we get through it together? No, no, apparently. Will, as usual, wants to be by himself.
0: Oh. Uh-huh.
1: Um, uh, little lone wolf, then some things never change. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they do. You know, they talk about that, and Will admits that up until the call, up until he heard Hannibal's voice, he wasn't sure what he was going to do. And it's in that moment that he decided to tell Hannibal to leave. Yeah. So, because
0: he was his friend and because Will wanted to run away with him.
1: Man. Uh, I mean, if all the bad choices to make, I mean, seriously, well come on. Um,
0: don't tell Jack
1: that. <laughs> it's like, boy, why don't, yeah, why don't you just twist the knife into Jack a little deeper there? Like, hey, I'll let, you, I'll let Jack turn around a little bit and go all uh, Caesar on yep. him and just, just, you know, et tu, Brute, you know. What a jerk. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right, so... From that point we move on to the next scene and chilton is visiting alana
0: yeah in that crazy contraption
1: yeah she's laying there she's uh obviously obviously has a lot of time to kill <laughs> uh not a lot of time to do anything but lay there um what were your thoughts when you saw alana uh, you know laying there what were your initial thoughts
0: I thought she looked like what she should after an accident like that. It looks like she'd probably broken her hips and her pelvis and got that FBI healthcare that's got the fancy machine keeping you together.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I think I think uh, she probably deserves the healthcare. Um, I'm not saying she deserves our entire sympathy. She didn't really engender a lot of sympathy among fans last year, Um but I think as a character uh, working for the FBI, you should des- you deserve the top health care you can possibly get. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was interesting-looking machine. there was never seen anything like that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't even exist. I have no idea. It's um, like,
0: we're just going to create this for her.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, this machine will actually put you back together. Yeah, we haven't unveiled this to the public or anything. But to us special people, yes, this can save your life.
0: For and- Hannibal, Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: So uh, again, Chilton kind of doing the same same thing. It's very similar to Will, you know, kind of just telling Alani, "You you brought this on yourself. You you didn't listen to anybody last year. We all tried to tell you that that Hannibal was crazy. Who he, he was responsible for all this carnage, and you didn't want to listen. And you've kind of reaped what you've sown. And I've, I've got a lot of that from Chilton.
0: Yeah, he's got some sass this episode.
1: I noticed that it, it's, you know, it's, I think it's one of the changes about him. I think after you've been almost killed, uh, a lot of the, the, the bullshit factor kind of goes down quite a bit. You don't take any of that, you know, anymore. And you just kind of see that with a lot of the characters. They're just telling each other, and it's something that it kind of plays out in this episode. Everyone's dropping their masks.
0: Yeah they are no more manipulative uh, bullshit.
1: Yeah, it's it's look. This is where I'm coming from. You don't like it? I don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, you know exactly, and it's something that it's just it's everybody, every single character kind of drops all that facade away, and we get who they really are at this point.
0: Yeah.
1: So, again, as with everybody else, um, Alana says, "Be gone." evil one and uh go go play with somebody else chilton because i'm not doing it Yep. so um uh, so then alana visits uh mason as mm-hmm. the therapist so before he um before he does that alana meets who margot margot so
0: instant chemistry
1: Yes, and I, was, and I had that written down in my notes. I mean, it, it wasn't just me that saw, like, sparks fly between these two, right? I wasn't just yeah. crazy. Okay.
0: Uh, so, oh, I'm on board. <laughs> so
1: obviously, it's, we'll see that play out. It's, you know, throughout the season, or at least the next few episodes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so why don't you take over the recap here and tell us what happens in this scene?
0: Okay, well, Alana and her talk with Mason, we have the classic conversation where Mason talks about his, I don't know, Jesus rebirth and nobody beats the Riz, and Alana has no problem talking to him. She seems perfectly fine, and we kind of learn that Alana is uh, a woman scorned and wants her own revenge.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, I for one, like that a lot. Yeah, uh, me too. It's it's nice to see her. It's like the first time she's been proactive in a long time on this show.
0: Yeah, she's had she's had enough of this shit, and she wants her own revenge.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's almost perfect that her and Mason are teaming up. You know?
0: Yeah. Seriously. It's... You wouldn't think of it, but it's just – it's a really interesting dynamic there.
1: It's – you know, she's not one to judge at this point. She <laughs> She's slept with the devil.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Um, so, it, you know, it, what? She's going to, what, chide Mason for his obviously – obvious failings as a – I don't even know if I want to say human being because that <laughs> doesn't really qualify. But – yeah I mean just as a as a creature that lives he has these uh, obvious uh, deficiencies, but right now he's a means to an end, yeah isn't he so yeah
0: I liked her line of I think I amused Hannibal and if I hadn't well, look at you
1: <laughs> it, yeah and I, and I thought that was a great line it was, yeah. it was very apt, it was very well done. I liked it a lot actually. <laughs>
0: I can just feel Mason's like, yeah, you shut up, you little shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what happened to me. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for reminding me. Like, I don't get this on a daily basis.
0: Like, you I'm know. not wearing my wounds. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Like, you want, you got a you hurt hip or something? I mean, like, I I sliced off my own face in front of dogs. Look at me. <laughs> there are dogs that have had meals on my face. Thank you. <laughs> they survived the winter because of me. So, yeah. Um, it, but it's an interesting dynamic. I like it a lot, and I'm really, really excited to see where it goes from here. Oh, that. yes. Um, so from there, we move on to Jack's timeline. Hey, Jack. Well, we saw that he survived. You know, we, we do know all, already that he was alive. Um, so it wasn't like, oh, boy, Jack's alive. But <laughs> But we got to see, you know, his final moments better. And he wakes up next to Bella in the hospital.
0: Yep, so we know she's still alive for the yep. moment.
1: All right, so, so walk us through this whole Jack portion. What happens
0: next? So he wakes up next to Bella in bed, and she talks about how he's not going in the grave with her. Um, oh, I don't remember much of that scene. But do we switch to where he's in his house taking care of her still? Is that where this goes? Um. Okay. No, no. He
1: wakes up in the hospital, uh, and then from there we move on to Chilton visiting him.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: yes. That's right. Um, Chilton visits him, and he kind of pulls the same thing. And, but I noticed that everybody with everybody that he visits, Chilton alters his approach and his personality slightly. He's not the same with everyone exactly. I mean, he may all be very honest with them, but he comes to everybody in a slightly different angle. And so with Jack, he tries to he tries to approach Jack in two ways by basically saying, "You have nothing occupying your time right now. You've been you've been forced into early retirement at the FBI, and are you seriously going to let Will?" catch up to Hannibal you're going to let him walk into the lion's den right he's he's Mm. trying to guilt him into action
0: yeah and Jack just wants to spend the rest of his time with Bella
1: yes yes Uh, and you know I, I felt very I felt for him as a character very much in that moment because you could tell that even if there are places he'd like to go right now he knows there's only one place he can be and it's at home yeah so from there, uh, we move to the point where he is taking care of Bella. And so what happens next?
0: So we see him taking care of Bella. He's listening to her breathing. And whenever it stops, he checks on her. And then uh, he, I think it's the same scene where he goes, we see his morphine check. He's checking off that he's given medication and then he makes the decision to give her back the choice she made.
1: Yeah. He he ends her pain.
0: Yeah. Let's her go peacefully and not in any pain. I,
1: I really liked this because to me it was the point where Jack finally let go yeah. and allowed her the ending I think she felt was due to her all along.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get into is this correct, is this morally right on this show, or, you know, in life, but I mean, on this show, it, I felt like it was appropriate for his character and, and, and allowed her to go where she needed to be and not have to suffer. Yeah. And so I thought that was a really good moment for Jack.
0: Yeah, I think it was a big moment for him, just being able to let her go and give her her choice and finally just kind of move on.
1: Yeah, it's true. So we next go into Bella's funeral. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, there's nobody there.
0: I know. I was like, where the hell's her family?
1: Like I mean, it's okay. Maybe her, maybe her mother and father died. It's possible, um, but childhood friends, college roommates, people she worked with before she got sick. I mean, yeah, anybody, like yeah, friends. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense, really. It. it but 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 that aside. Let's take the scene as it is. Okay, so it's it's Bella's funeral. Jack's there. He's all dressed up. Uh, Church looks beautiful. Everything looks candles. Everything looks great. And then he notices a letter. And you know what? He didn't even have to open it up. He knew who it was from.
0: That pretty writing.
1: (laughs) Yes. He recognizes it, of course. And then he sits Mm -hmm. in the pew. He opens it up. And it's, of course, from Lecter. We see Lecter writing the note, um, and we see tears falling from Lecter's face.
0: Yeah, he's upset of her death.
1: And it's one of those moments that's really... It's hard for the viewer. You know who Lecter is, but anybody who's watched uh, the movies, but anybody who's especially read the books, will know that Lecter is... Very complicated figure. Oh yeah. Obviously that that's no that's just that's putting it mildly. <laughs> um, but the crux of it comes down to this: Lecter kills people. He eats them. He can be exceptionally cold, but at the same time, there are moments when he can be very, very emotional and very feeling. And this is one of those moments where. He is very sad at her death. You know, if you go back to the last season when she overdosed and she died and then he brought her back, I think, in my opinion, in that moment he warred with himself, there were two sides to the Lecter. There was one that wanted to let her die, but I think there was a bigger part of her that needed her to live because it forced Jack to be looking the other way. Yes. And, but the part of him that, that was a very emotional and very feeling really wanted her to go the way she wanted to go, but just couldn't allow it at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, it's in, in, you know, so he sheds tears when writing the note. Jack reads it. He's obviously angry, you know. (laughs) I Um, would be. So, and then, and then he gets a visit
0: from Will. Yeah, Will comes to the funeral.
1: Will comes to the funeral, which thankfully some measure of humanity in this episode. (laughs) Outside of Jack letting Bella die, that was like the only emotional moment I saw the entire episode. felt like. And, you know, I noticed this. When Will puts on his glasses in the scene, he's closer to the old Will. Yes. Notice that? But when Will has his glasses off... He's more the newer, colder Will capable of doing horrific things, Will.
0: Closer to Hannibal, Will. Yes. So
1: in that scene, of course, he comes in, sits down, the glasses are on. He's very sad about what happened to Bella. Um, and you could see Jack was appreciative that Will was there. Um, obviously, no one else is. So it would be nice to have somebody there. Yeah. Um, so they have their little conversation and next we meet Cordell yeah and Mason so I'm going to let you uh, tell everybody what that was about go ahead
0: so Mason has a new nurse Cordell who in the books is a slimy little guy which looks like it's going to stay true here <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, he, so he shares the same taste as Mason when it comes to uh, his victims I guess uh, but in the movie, which most people might know, um, he was a nicer caretaker that really didn't – turn a blind eye to Mason and, but took him down in the end, whereas this Cordell I'm pretty sure is going to be Team Mason till the very end.
1: I don't see too much of Cordell's moral compass wavering <laughs> at any point in this episode for sure.
0: It's pretty much um, this guy pays my – paycheck so i'm gonna do whatever he says
1: yeah well his sensibilities are very similar so i don't think it's yeah i don't think we're gonna see a change of heart regardless um like this man is allowing me to do sadistic things uh sure why not i don't mind yay fun times right (laughs) so yeah uh, so they have a little conversation and uh, things seem – they seem to come to quite a good understanding. Apparently uh, le- or, uh, Mason felt that Cordell's talents were being wasted um, by having his license taken away. So <laughs> sure, why not come on my team? I'll give you money, uh, comfort of living, as long as you help me kill people. Exactly. So, <laughs> Fair trade. Yeah. <laughs> So then uh, we move on to Mason's grisly aftermath. We get to see, you know, him in surgery. That was quite disgusting, by the way. Not exactly. I
0: know it shocked me. I was like, "What the hell?" Like, oh
1: my, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Mm, looking over here, looking over here. Oh, they're still showing it. You know, did so. not expect that
0: for cable TV. I did not expect to see that in full light. No,
1: no. Maybe that was a scene that made NBC say, okay, that's enough. So we're all done. You know, <laughs> Screw them. <laughs> so, so fed up with them. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, so we get to see that. And then
0: um,
1: Alana and Mason are having another meeting. Yep. So take us through what we got there, Have a little conversation, a little understanding. So what what happens here?
0: Basically, what I can remember, oh, I watched it late last night. It's okay. <laughs> what I remember, um, they're having a conversation. She's kind of alluding to the fact that she's on his side in the, the long run to get Hannibal. Yeah. She is, has a hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, and she's just full of it right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt like they really came to a full understanding there. The first scene with them was more of a dance like, yeah. what do you want? What do I want? Oh, we seem to want the same thing. Cool. This one felt like they were sitting down on the table and writing a contract out Yeah, and like, signing it.
0: I'm on your team. I'm being blunt with you. This is what I want.
1: Oh, by the way, can you toss in your sister for me, by the way?
0: You know, so, <laughs> I'd like a new girlfriend. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, so sure, that sounds great. Um, yeah, so we kind of get that, and that was great to see. A, kind of a real solidifying of that uh I guess, uh, team, uh, so <laughs> team kill Hannibal. Um, so yeah, we got that. That was, that was a fun scene to watch. And then, you know, Bell is now gone. Jack seems to have found, uh, a purpose again. And so he goes to visit, uh, will at his home and Alana's there. Yep. Now let me ask you a question here. Cause we're almost done with our recap. I, for one, was really surprised to find her there. Yeah. I, 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 I tell you, when they first met up early in the episode, um, and I think, I think we may have actually f- forgotten to mention this. It was early in the episode. Will, uh, Alana was, well, it was in Lecter's house. Alana mm-hmm. came in in her wheelchair. Um, she kind of had a flashback of seeing Hannibal try to break down the door and to get to to Jack. She goes around the corner and there's Will sitting there, and he's talking about you know visiting old friends and you know filling up his memory palace with uh, yeah with old friends and and all that stuff. And but, he, but Will was very short with her.
0: Yeah, it's like, just leave me alone. Yeah, he
1: didn't want to be there. Now, granted, this is probably very, very shortly after all the events, right after he got out of the hospital, maybe the day of. Um, She's obviously still in her wheelchair, so it's very, very shortly after the events too. Yep. So, but even so, I was really surprised. I mean, Alana is very hell-bent on revenge. I feel like right now, just about everything in her life Means nothing to her for the most part, but at the same time, she goes to Will's house. She's still there. She seems like she's taking care of the dogs. He's gone. Maybe, maybe there's a scene where they. Are, maybe I'm thinking, maybe there's a scene where she showed up or he called her, called her to his house and said, "I'm going away. We just haven't seen it yet. Um, can you can you let them out? Da, da, da. Something like that because. It just seems weird that that she's there. It just seems like right now she doesn't have time to be stopping by and letting dogs out. It's <laughs> yeah. Just, it was just an odd thing where he, Jack shows up. It's it's Alana that comes out, and she says he's gone, Jack. He knows what he has to do. Do you know what you have to do?
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And and from there we move on to Will jumping on a boat.
0: Yep, on his boat.
1: So he's getting ready to, uh, to cruise off across the sea. <laughs> um,
0: Towards Hannibal and have some time to think. That's one hell of a trip,
1: by the way. <laughs> uh, I would
0: Be say, on your own. I would, I would say jump on
1: a, I don't know, a plane. <laughs> but, hey, it takes know,
0: a shit. few months less.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, hell, I hope you don't run into a hurricane out there in the seas. <laughs> But whatever, you know, who am I to say what, you know, so, but anyway, uh, that pretty much finishes up the episode. That's the recap. Um, so let's jump into the nitty gritty. Let's, let's talk about some things that we really liked in this episode. So I really thought this episode was about forgiveness versus revenge.
0: Yeah. And how they're kind of tied together in end with love.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a theme. yeah, it's it's you know a lot of people on this they don't want revenge. Uh, some people are willing to forgive. Some people are willing to forgive but not forget. And we like I said, we also got forgiveness and love. And obviously with with Jack, it's loving Bella, hating Hannibal for what she did to her, hating Hannibal for what she did, or what he did to 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 Will. And to himself. And trying to figure out where that all... Where the importance of all those really are. And obviously Bella came first. Everything else came second. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly everybody else wants revenge with the exception of Will. And I don't even think Will still knows what he wants. No, I don't
0: think he has a clue.
1: I I think we're going to find... Will is going to not know until he sees Hannibal really for the first time. But... Everybody else is looking for revenge, and mm-hmm. and you know what, deservingly so, right? Yeah. So their minds
0: th- are all clear. They want revenge.
1: So what was something you really liked about this episode? What are some things you really saw that really made an impression on you?
0: Well, for once, Alana was my favorite part of an episode. Wow. How long,
1: been... how long has it been since we said that?
0: Season one.
1: Yeah, season <laughs> one, and that tells you everything you need to know.
0: Yeah, I think she's finally back as a character. Even though I think it's, I, I, although I like her, she's gonna be with Margot. I think it's kind of bullshit that she has to be with somebody every single season. <laughs> season one has got a little thing with Will. Season two we got Hannibal. Now season three she's gonna be with Margot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether it says about her character or whether <laughs> or whether Brian Fuller and the writers just feel like she needs somebody
0: she used to be tethered to somebody
1: yeah and maybe that maybe that's something with her character I don't know maybe they'll maybe they'll use that somehow down the road or yeah. in the season so we'll, we'll find out but let's talk about her getup
0: oh she, I love her new suits and dress and everything it's,
1: it's almost like a female version of Hannibal
0: yes I love it it's, it looks way better on her the,
1: <laughs> yeah the red lipstick you know the real uh almost like the chiffon, uh suit that she was wearing in the episode or not chiffron, It was like an orangish reddish color. Uh, very, very different from her for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I loved it. I thought it said a lot about her character and what she's thinking right now.
0: Yeah. She's developed. She's stronger. She's overcome and she's breaking out of her old self.
1: Well and we also got to find out that Abigail was dead all along. And that, yep. that well, that Will knew she was dead all along. That it wasn't something that he just kinda of realized, oh wait, you're dead. It was it was something that he he knew and kept allowed it to, to continue to believe it even whilst also kinda of knowing it at the same yeah. time.
0: Which only Will.
1: <laughs> yeah, well the guy well, wow, yeah, I, I don't have anything to say to that because I can't think of anything, <laughs> honestly. So, yeah, it was – And once, on one hand, it was very sad and you felt for him. But at the same time, it was like, man, you need some help.
0: <laughs> Your head is a bucket of crazy.
1: <laughs> it is. It is a cesspool. That. I mean <laughs> I felt bad. I, I thought it was bad enough when we had encephalitis, but – Seriously, dude? this You're actually choosing to believe it? When you had encephalitis, you didn't have a choice. You're actually choosing to believe this now, and that's just really, really terrible. Yeah. So, um, so is there anything else that... I mean, besides well, this, Okay, this is a depressing episode, by the way. I mean, to me, this is, like, depressing from the word go. <laughs> like, there was almost nothing... The only funny line in this entire episode that I can remember was Hannibal the Cannibal.
0: Yeah, trademark. <laughs> <laughs> By Chilton, of course. And I'm like, perfect. There he like, is.
1: Like, oh, oh, there's the slime ball. Oh, yep. man, how much I missed you. You know? Yep. Uh, it was just – it was really perfect. I really uh, – I was like, OK. I actually felt like I can chuckle for once in this episode because there wasn't much going on before that, and it didn't happen after that. That no, was very so, serious. Um, okay, what else did you see in this episode that really, that really t- hit you?
0: Oh, the Bella and Jack scene really hit me hard when I watched it. You really feel for Jack. He he knows his decision was really hard and hard for him to make, but he knows it's the right one, and finally let Bella go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was tough, but it was a character moment that I really felt was due for him. And it allowed it allowed us to see Jack doing what was right because well, honestly, there was nothing else for him. Even I think even if there was other things for him like the FBI, I think he'd still be sitting at home.
0: Yeah, it seems like everybody except for Will has taken a step forward this episode.
1: Yeah, but it's mostly because we're looking at Will via flashback. Yeah, we we know. know, We know is – the Will that we're thinking of is a Will that's probably, what, eight, six to seven months ahead of where we're at now. Yeah. So it's a little different for him. But, yes, for everybody else, they're taking a step forward because we're actually seeing them more or less in real time except for – Jack. We know Jack meets up with uh, Inspect, um,
0: Inspector Inspector Pottsy.
1: Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah. In the, yeah. So we know he meets up with him, but but that's all we knew. So this still is a giant leap forward for Jack. Yes. So I, I you know I really like this episode. I'll be honest. I actually believe to me this is the best episode of the season. I agree. I think it's the best because we really finally get to see everyone kind of where they're at now. And we get to see what everyone wants. I think what where they're coming from as a character, and bef- I, we cannot finish this episode. We have to talk about uh, Mr. Anderson now playing <laughs> Mason Verger. And I'll tell you what, I really wish Michael Pitt was playing the character. I think everybody that watched the uh, season last year wishes that. But I will say this. He plays it really really well, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he's doing a great version of the of the Mason we know from the movies. Yeah. He's doing a really good job of being the extra evil want revenge Mason.
1: <laughs> well, you know, in and, and he wasn't I didn't feel like he was playing Michael Pitt playing Mason so much as but I felt like I felt like he was not trying to undermine how he went about playing Mason at the same time
0: yeah it kind of felt like a really good combination of Gary Oldman and Michael Pitt's influence
1: yeah like how like he, he was like he was trying to kind of duplicate though not entirely do like um, how Michael Pitt would uh, the affectation on his words uh, his speech patterns all of that I felt like were very similar to May, uh, Michael Pitts Mason version from last year. Also, So, yeah. but beneath a character who's been uh, mangled and destroyed. Essentially. Yeah. Like
0: the beginning of the episode, I could, I noticed you know this guy is different. It kind of bothered me, but as the episode went on, I just it changed in my mind. This is the new Mason. I'm okay with it, and he's doing a good job going forward. This is the guy.
1: I think they did a good job in making him look about as much as like Michael Pitt as you could having your face ripped apart. Yeah. You know. So, I think they did a pretty good job. I I'm very I'm really pleased. Um I really wasn't sure what we were going to get with him uh, as Mason, but I can honestly say that he's probably my biggest surprise all season.
0: Yeah, he's doing a really good job.
1: So, keep it up is uh, it Joe Anderson, right? Is that correct?
0: Joe Anderson, yeah. Anderson.
1: Yeah, keep it up, Joe. You're doing a fantastic job. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's see more demented Crazy Mason.
0: Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> so um, I you know what? I, I, I'm trying to think of other things in this episode that I want to mention. Um, um, I'm not really thinking of anything. I think that I've mentioned just about everything that I was looking to say. Uh, yep. Anything we mentioned in the recap and anything we've mentioned now?
0: Yeah, I think we covered
1: it. Okay. Uh, okay. So that's our end of our recap and review uh, portion of the podcast. And so let's go into the uh, feedback. Now, like I, like I said on the podcast already, I wasn't here last week uh, to do a, a podcast. So a lot of the stuff that I got um, was – pertaining to last week's episode, but I'm going to read some stuff here, some emails, and we'll uh, respond. Okay? Okay, okay sounds so, good. So here we go. All right. So the first one is from David. Um, it says, Dear Michael and company, I'm a big fan of Hannibal and the original three books and films and of the fan podcasts thereof. I found you via FM." recently and so far i've listened to the to the episodes for 213 uh which i guess would be the uh, finale from last season Mm -hmm. as well as the hannibal vs dexter podcast that was uh co-hosted by gareth uh, watkins and uh the two season three episodes one day i might go back to the rest of season two although i do wonder if you're ever going to go back and do a season one uh to go back to Season 1 and do a sweep retrospective for Episodes 103 to 113. As I've said, I've only discovered your podcast recently and therefore completely missed the period of your unfortunate hiatus between um, 2.12 and 2.13. Um, I'm off to listen to 302. You don't have to put this on air if you do. if you find it too bland. I'll try and offer some actual content in the future. Okay, so... Uh, thanks first, uh, David, for the email. Uh, yes, I will be going back. I'm thinking in this next off season uh, to do a season one rewatch podcast. Uh, I didn't start my obviously my podcast till last season, but it'll give me something to do next season uh, in the off season. So yes, I am planning on going back and doing a, a retrospective and uh, do a rewatch and get all that taken care of so um, yeah, so just thanks for the for the uh, email uh, there, there really so there really isn't too much to add to that just keep listening to the podcast go back and listen to you know go back and listen to season two um, all the podcasts that I did last year and I'll try to get you season one and I'm certainly looking forward to any you know uh, content any emails or voicemails you want to send in, in the future so thanks So let's go back and do the next one. And this one is from Stephen Schinder. It says, Hello, I just started listening to Hannibal-related podcasts, including a recent podcast about Season 3. Here are a few observations on what we have so far. I believe that the human heart in the Norman Chapel is a reference to Benjamin Raspail, who, according to the Science of the Lambs, was found in a dead church pew without his heart right before Elector's incarceration. And on the show, we know that Lecter will be caught soon. I also realized that it will be referencing more than just that. After I went to the library recently, where I found a copy of the novel Red Dragon, I read all four books, or I read all the books four years ago, and I flipped through the opening pages just to take a brief trip down memory lane. What I noticed were excerpts from poems by William Blake, who made the great Red Dragon paintings. The poems were a divine image, which opens with the line, cruelty has a human heart, and the divine image, which contains the line, for mercy has a human heart. Hannibal has done cruel things, and the mention of mercy also reminds me of Garrett Jacob Hobbes' mercy killing. And um, he has some poems here, um, which I don't think we will have time to read because they're, they're pretty long. Um, But it says, the other lines in the poems make me wonder whether we may see reference to a human face, Uh, the human form divine, in a human dress. I can imagine a human dress appearing in the context of James Gumm case if Brian Fuller obtains the rights to uh, Signs of the Lambs. When Hector says that things will be like a fairy tale, I wonder if he is actually referencing to darker fairy tales such as those by the Brothers Grimm. The mention of fairy tales also also makes me think of the Tooth Fairy. The media's nickname for Francis Dollarhide, the fireflies in secondato, seem to be meant to evoke a fairy tale feel as well. Fire, of course, being a recurring motif throughout the episode. The man in the cage, whose name I cannot find, is eventually made to look like some flying insect. Not sure if he is meant to look like a firefly or a dragonfly, but I cannot help think of the moth from Sons of the Lambs when I look at him. Hannibal even claims that Sagliato's heart and lungs came from a lamb before killing Sagliato. (laughs) Hannibal mentions the Titanic. What I think we are supposed to imagine is that Hannibal is the iceberg, the tip of which we all see. When Medellia asks him how his sister tasted, she has made an attempt to see the iceberg below the water and sinks into the water just like the Titanic. Very appropriate since this episode is proving some of Hannibal's origin story. Keep on speculating, Stephen Shinder. Oh, I'm sorry. Rhymes with cinder, so I shall get that right in the future. Stephen Schindler. So, a fan, um, a Red Dragon reference. So, thanks, Stephen. And uh, so I'll let you take uh, this one. What did you think of the email?
0: It's an awesome email that's... Great um, connections you've made. Uh, I like the fairy tale point you made. One can argue that Hannibal kind of lures people into his oven, like uh, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, I I hadn't read the poems in the Red Dragon, so I feel bad. I'm not sure what you, um, I haven't read them, so I'm not sure what it's referencing. But I like the idea that we could get a human face. I definitely think that the dress talking about definitely. Buffalo Bill, and it looks like they've gotten the rights to Silence for the Lambs because Brian Fuller has kind of confirmed that next season was going to be around Silence for the Lambs, and we really hope so. <laughs> we really hope we get a next season.
1: <laughs> uh Yeah, I tell you what. Let me actually. You know, I clicked on the wrong thing earlier. These actually aren't that long here. So let me read these. Let me read these poems for everybody. So, the okay. first one is the, a divine image. It says cruelty as a human heart. And, a jeal- and jealousy, a human face. Terror, the human form divine. In secrecy, the human dress. The human dress is forged iron. The human form, a fiery forge. The human face, a furnace seal The human heart, its hungry gorge. So, what do you think about that?
0: Dress of iron steel. The face of... What did they say the face was? Face of...
1: Oh, uh, face... Uh, and jealousy of a human face. And oh. it says a human face, a furnace sealed.
2: Uh,
0: so like, hey, you're in the oven.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is
0: definitely Hannibal themed.
1: Definitely. Um, okay, and so the next one is the divine image. It says... To mercy, pit, peace, and love all pray in their distress, and to these virtues of delight return their thankfulness. For mercy, pit, peace, and love is God our Father dear. And mercy, pit, peace, and love is man his child and care. For mercy has a human heart, pity a human face, and love the human form divine, and peace the human dress. Then every man of every clime that prays in his distress Praise to the human form divine, love, mercy, pity, peace. And all must love the human form, in heathen, Turk, or Jew, where mercy, love, and pity dwell, their God is dwelling too. William
0: Sound- <laughs> it definitely sounds like our show.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are, yeah, I mean, those are really, really good poems and very interesting Um and obviously, this is all going to pertain down the road if our theory is correct. Obviously, uh, further into the season. So, but no, this is a really excellent, excellent email, Steve. Uh, yeah. Stephen, um, please continue writing in uh, to this podcast because, yeah, this is excellent points of view, excellent references here as well. Um, yeah,
0: great connections.
1: Yes, really love it. Thank you, thank you, Steven um, and next we have um, – this is another – actually – oh, it's uh, from David again. It's from the one we just – we did two uh, – the first one we did. Okay. Uh, he says, hi, Michael and Sarah. I wanted to make a short comment here regarding the question of Hannibal on the train near the end of 301. You two were wondering about the timeline, and my idea is thats is that there is no – is no twisted timeline that scene was hannibal on the train en route to palermo instead of going back think about it he probably has the dead body in his suitcase assuming it is indeed anthony and he was folding that da vinci sketch into a a heart basically giving away his tableau plan and bam next shot we have the finished product or project
0: thoughts I'm on board with that yeah you <laughs> that know sounds what? way way thank better than what I thought
1: yeah okay you know what you might be right there David thank you um, well with the twist the twisted timelines we've been seeing throughout the the first few episodes we weren't sure exactly where this stuff was playing out so but that you know what you might be right you might be right I'm on I'm on board with that as well thank yep. you okay so and then we have one from Somic Halder. And Sonic says, Hi, Michael. I really enjoy listening to your podcast, so I thought it was about time I wrote in. Firstly, thank you for the great work that you do. Hannibal is undoubtedly my favorite TV show, and my experience of it is enriched by the well-prepared, intelligent, and insightful analysis that you provide. I really enjoy the contributions of Sarah, too. I'm based in London, and here in the UK, we are a week behind the U.S. I believe your new episodes are broadcast on a Thursday, whilst our broadcasts are on the following Wednesday. On Sky Living, which in itself is an odd choice because Sky Living is generally lifestyle programming. (laughs) Whereas Sky Atlantic is supposed to be the channel for the blockbuster American series. Being a week behind is far better than it was for Season 2 when we were a few weeks behind, which made it extra hard to avoid spoilers online. I've avoided the temptation to keep up with the American broadcast by downloading the episodes, which I have done for other series mainly because I need to watch Hannibal in full quality on my TV, and with subtitles and captions. The dialogue in Hannibal is so rich and significant that I feel like I, could he- I couldn't bear to mishear a single line, and Mads can be a little difficult to follow at times. Hannibal requires extra concentration because there are so many micro-movements in the actors' faces that need following in addition to the dialogue. I enjoy the challenge of a TV show that demands your full attention, and you simply can't watch Hannibal lazily. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on the notion of watching Hannibal's subtitles. Is it important to understand every word clearly, or do they, di- dis- do they distract from following the visuals and actors' expressions? At the time of writing, I've only seen the first two episodes of Season 3, so I will refrain from commenting on anything specific in the storyline, as it will probably be out of date by the time your next podcast airs. But I will say that Season 3, despite being a little slow at times, hasn't disappointed so far. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Summit. Uh Thank you for the kind words there. I, I really appreciate being told that things I, things I say actually mean something to other people. Um, sometimes I feel like I ramble uh, incoherently. But uh, the fact that you actually understand what I'm saying and it, it has some effect on you, and the same for Sarah, um, is really appreciated. I'm, I'm sure Sarah would agree.
0: Yeah, you're too sweet. <laughs> yes.
1: yes, exactly. So uh, this is actually uh, yeah, a, a good thing to get insight from somebody who's a little further behind from us but still has managed to get something from the first couple episodes. And uh, it's also good to hear that you actually take the time to watch the episodes in full quality because I agree, if you're going to watch it, you might as well watch it when it's in as best quality as possible.
0: Yeah, taking it all in, every little minuscule and every word. You, I, I turn the subtitles on all the time because Mad sometimes has a lower voice than everybody else.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you said, you asked if it was important to understand every word clearly or if it distracted from the visuals and the actor's expressions. I think it's good to hear every word, if you can. Because what they say on this show is exceptionally important and it's so easy to miss that one little thing that someone says that really is going to be important later on because it's a serialized television show. Um, yes, if it, if it means you have to rewatch a scene before moving on, do it so that you fully understand what's going on.
0: Yeah, my cat's extra annoying when I'm watching Hannibal, so I have to rewind quite a bit when she's trying to get attention.
1: <laughs> yeah, my cat's the same way. She loves attention. She jumps on your lap, rubs up against my chest, you know, <laughs> scratches. You know, need, needs my my lap when her needles are digging in extra sharp. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, but thank thank you, Sam. Please, uh, everyone out there, continue writing in. It's it's just it's great to get uh, feedback that uh, we can read on the air and respond to. Um, so, we I really appreciate. The time that people take to send in their stuff because it gives a different uh, uh, point of view, a different opinion than just my own, and I'm sure Sarah would agree. It's always better when you get uh, feedback.
0: Heck yeah, that's how I started. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right. So, um, all right. So that I have uh, one other piece of feedback, which I'll get to, um, but it's in a voicemail form, so I will get to that later. But for now, we're going to move on to the last portion of the podcast, which is usually called The Final Word. So, Sarah, let's quickly uh, wrap this podcast up by talking about the unfortunate news that we heard uh, this week. And it, of course, was the news that Hannibal was canceled on NBC.
0: Yeah, they're canceling for season four. Um, within like an hour, a petition already uh, went up. It's got about seventy thousand people have signed it already. Like, just Google it, Hannibal petition, and go and sign that. It only wanted fifty thousand signatures, but it got that within under forty-eight hours. Yeah. So it's just growing, yes. and yeah, <laughs> yes. It- it
1: it yes it's let me tell you it is distressing to hear that I when they renewed it for season for season three I really never expected it although although if there's something that lessens my vitriol re, regarding NBC I've heard that the reason why they're canceling it now is because they thought they were going to cancel it anyway and that they allow the show to get picked up uh, much much quicker. Uh, it gives the, you know, Brian the chance to shop it around instead of doing it at the last second when every other, you know, canceled show, uh, is going to be doing the same thing. So, I I can see if, if NBC really didn't feel like they were going to be able to keep it up, that's fine. Let someone else do it if you just aren't going to do it yourself.
0: Yeah, and Netflix. Really wanted to pick it up, but they are contractually obligated to Amazon streaming at the moment for a five-year contract, which they're in their third year of. So it looks like Amazon will probably pick it up.
1: Yes, yes, I've been reading the same thing online. So for all you people out there that are listening to this, and let's say hypothetically you don't know this is actually happening, you didn't realize that Hannibal was canceled uh, for some reason. You're, you're like, oh my God, it's it's gone. What's gonna happen? Don't fret. I've been told by a variety of people online that the chances of Hannibal not getting picked up were actually much, 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 much slimmer than people would actually think. I've even been told that there was this little chance, as 10%, that Hannibal was going to be fully canceled.
0: Oh, fingers crossed that it's not.
1: (laughs) So that's just what I've heard. I cannot tell you that is official. That is not official word. It's not something I've heard from an actual, you know, someone that was going to give me uh, the real deal. Uh, But I've been told that that Hannibal was like a 90% chance of getting picked up because people around, I guess, what I've been told is people around, uh, you know, network people all feel that Hannibal is, is a fantastic and an unbelievable show and that there are a lot of people that are interested i've been told showtime uh, i've been told netflix amazon i've even heard hannibal or uh, not hannibal, uh, hbo
0: <laughs> HBO, yeah.
1: hbo has even said that they were looking into it so with so many uh, avenues out there i don't think hannibal was going to be fully canceled for, for long I, I actually fully expect to get uh some kind of announcement i'm hoping to hear something in the next couple of weeks
0: they have um their panel at san diego comic-con which is coming up in two weeks so that's when i think that if they're going to make an announcement it'll probably be then
1: yeah that's why i'm thinking in the next couple of weeks maybe three weeks certainly that would be a great time but i'm feeling they're gearing up for something like that too so yeah definitely yeah. So for everyone I'm out there, that's that. That was the final word for this week. I just wanted to quickly address it uh, because I thought, how could you not? How could we not yeah. talk about it?
0: It's a big
1: so, thing. So yeah. So don't fret, everyone. Uh, you'll, you'll. I'm gonna almost. I wouldn't bet my house, okay, <laughs> but uh, I would come pretty close. And uh, so you're gonna get more handleable. I'm pretty sure. And if you're gonna get more Hannibal, you're gonna get more hungry for Hannibal podcast. Okay, so don't fret. So, um, and I guess that's that pretty much wraps up our podcast for the week, doesn't it?
0: Yep. Um, Everybody, go out and sign that petition. Make sure they you they know that we want the show back and just yes. and Twitter hashtag save Hannibal. It's been going for about a yes. Ever since it got announced, I, and I'm it's going so, strong.
1: I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was like – I was on the tip of my tongue. Thank <laughs> you. I was like getting ready to say that and you jumped in. Good job. Uh, got that out there. Yes. Sign sign the petition. Get on there. Everyone just throw all of their weight. Let everyone know that you love the show because it's important that you let everyone out there know. They
0: have to know. Yes. And I, I tweeted Brian Fuller. Go out and tweet him because he tweeted me back within a minute. This guy is dedicated to his fans, dedicated to the show. Just tweet him, tweet the tweet the people involved; they'll respond to you.
1: Yes, yes. In fact, I'm preparing to, to uh, tweet Brian as well. Um, I'd like to extend. It's you know, I, look, I'm not the only Hannibal podcast out there, okay? It's, but I, I. I would love, I would love if possible down the road to get some of these people on, you know, on the Hungry for Hannibal podcast if I can, uh, you know, Brian Fuller, he'll, anybody who's on this on this uh, show, any of the writers will always have an open invitation to come on here um, and talk Hannibal. So if I can somehow manage to get, you know, them on here or someone on here, I will do it. Uh, I will certainly look into avenues in order to get in contact with them. But, yes, throw your weight behind the show. Let them all know that you're 100% behind Hannibal and that you cannot wait to watch more.
0: Speaking of that, um, there was another podcast, like I think it was season one that was still going, that there were a small podcast uh, that started out and they got uh, Zeller onto their podcast. Wow. So he likes to do it.
1: Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Good to hear. Okay uh all right everyone so that looks like that's the end of the podcast this week um i will try to get this uh edited a little bit uh, and get this up and online as soon as i can hopefully by the end of the day so yeah uh i'm really excited for the next episode it's i feel like the season's really starting to move along i know for a lot of people out there they thought it was like a bit of a slow start this year but I think it was intentional. We, it was one by one, each episode, kind of gradually letting us in on what's happening to the characters. But I feel like now the season's really starting to pick up. I feel like this this episode was a big jump in terms of momentum, and I think from this point on, it's going to be uh, much much quicker, almost a run to the to the finish line.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's going to speed up really good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, look, they've only got three, what, three episodes?
0: Yeah, before um, Digestivo, where it's going to have that shift.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So So, yeah, with the anticipated shift for everyone out there, and I'm, I'm assuming by this point, if you listen to this episode, you've listened to the others, so it's not like I'm saying something new, but for everyone out there, the idea is that this leg of the season is going to be finishing up with episode seven, which supposedly, will have Hannibal incarcerated, being captured. Yeah.
0: So, Big stuff.
1: So that's a lot of things to get to. They don't have time to mess around. So if that's going to happen, they're going to have to jump on it quick. Yeah. So, all right, everyone. So we're getting there. Don't be, don't be sad with what's going on. It's going to be good. Everything's going to be fine. And... But at the very least, no, we've got 10 more episodes of the season to go. It's going to be fantastic. Yes. Okay? Nine more. Yeah. So, all right. We'll see you next week. I hope uh, you'll be hungry for Hannibal. I know I will, and I know Sarah will. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll see you next time, okay?
0: okay. Bye now. Bye.
1: Okay. So uh, this is a little bit of a special portion of our uh, – um, feedback portion of the podcast because I got a voicemail, but I've never tried to to do a voicemail while also doing a Skype broadcast. Don't quite know how to do it, and I didn't have time to kind of get it all worked out. So I'm going to play a voicemail by Gareth Watkins, who's the uh, host of the Dissecting the Dexter Podcast, as well as Gareth's Waste of Time. Uh, Please check those podcasts out. They're fantastic. Uh, He's an amazing uh, host, uh, podcast host. So I'm going to play his voicemail here, and I'll respond afterwards.
2: Hi, Mike. Gareth here from the UK. Thanks for your continuing hard work on the podcast I've been enjoying the discussions so far this season. Uh, your thoughts are always insightful, and I have enjoyed the contributions of Sarah and Travis in your recent episodes. Uh, they both had some great thoughts to uh, to put forward. I'm excited how the show has presented its first couple of episodes this season. The non-linear storytelling the focus on different characters in each episode. This third episode was more conventional by comparison, but that's by no means a criticism. We did still get the blurring of reality and whatever's going on in Will's head, like the conversation he had with Hannibal, playing out such a detailed conversation in his head, just seems very strange to me as a viewer. And I don't know if the show is pushing its luck by risking overdoing this. But it was still a typically dark and stylish episode. It was grotesque and uh, stomach-churning. And it presented us with more questions than answers. The big answer was that of Jack's survival, which does make me fear all the more for Alana's well-being. I didn't really expect Jack to die after the bloodbath of the season 2 finale, despite what appeared to be a mortal wound. Although it sounds from Jack's comments to Patsy that... Patsy? How do you pronounce his name? (laughs) Um, You know who I mean. Um, Jack's comments that both he and Will came close to dying, perhaps having to be resuscitated after flatlining. I'm intrigued about the woman Will met on the Lecter property. Who is she? It wasn't clear to me, although she certainly seems to have close ties to the family. She believed that imprisoned man in the cellar to be the one who murdered and ate Misha, because Hannibal told her so. Yet, we know Hannibal to be a master deceiver, and the inference from the episode is that perhaps he ate her himself, Now, this throws up questions of how or why he would do that to his sister, but then I'm sure there is much still to be revealed this season about Hannibal's early days. Who actually was the man in the cellar? A hapless patsy, blamed for Hannibal's own crime, and made to suffer for years and years for something he didn't do? At least he was put out of his misery. Will's actions releasing two people seemed well-meaning from one perspective... But did he know the man would return to the cellar to try and get revenge on his captor? Perhaps, perhaps not. But what Will did at the end of the episode does suggest a darker agenda. He strung up that guy in a startling but beautiful tableau straight out of the Hannibal Lecter playbook. Now, is he sending a message to Lecter? He may not get it. It was established that Hannibal couldn't and wouldn't go back there. Was Will doing it for his own pleasure? I just don't know where he's at now. Last season he played Hannibal, or tried to, making out that he was venturing to the dark side so to speak. Doing what he did here makes me think he's gone right off the reservation. Which side is he on now? We know he wants to get to Hannibal, but he seems to have become morally corrupted and that's a frightening prospect. Even if he is just setting up a message for Hannibal, simply by setting up this grotesque tableau with his own hands and imagination, it demonstrates a mind that's becomes seriously messed up. I'd go so far as to say psychotic. It did remind me of the angel tableau that Hannibal made of the guard in The Silence of the Lambs. I don't know if this was a nod to that film, but it wouldn't surprise me. So I'm fascinated to see where he goes from here and what Will can find out from that girl. I'm sorry, I can't recall her name if they even gave it to us in the show. Meanwhile, and I'm sorry, this voicemail's going on a bit, (laughs) Um, Hannibal and Bedelia had some more interesting scenes together. I loved Gillian Anderson's expression when the ice pick went into that guy's head. Again, I forget the character's name, forgive me. That was... That was shocking. (laughs) My stomach was in knots and you could see that Bedelia was shocked too. You could imagine the thought bubble above her head as internally she yelled "Fuck!" (laughs) I had to laugh when she pulled the pick out and Hannibal says Technically, you killed him. (laughs) One of those very darkly humorous moments that the show likes to give us. Outwardly, Bedelia was as calm as she needed to be, and it was intriguing that she proposed to Hannibal that that he was trying to draw his pursuers to him, like he wants to be caught. It fits with the theory you talked about last week, Mike, that you think he could be caught by mid-season. Whatever he's thinking, it was a really spontaneous, rash move to kill like that, and a clue that he's inwardly feeling the pressure with another institutional figure going missing, it surely won't be long before the authorities get close. I did enjoy the conversation where Bedelia was quite candid about devising her cover story for When It All Goes South. It's fascinating seeing her tiptoe her way through this bizarre relationship she has with Hannibal. She must be absolutely terrified inside, but completely trapped. Her mental state is not going to be in the best of shape at the end. She could end up psychologically devastated, although not quite as badly as I suspect Will Graham will be. Actually, I'm just thinking more on how the show depicts reality and stuff from inside Will's head. What are the chances of that tableau in the cellar just being in Will's imagination and he didn't actually do it? I'm thinking he did do it, but given what happened last week with Abigail and the other frequent depictions of Will's psyche... I wouldn't be completely surprised if this was another example. I mean, how much can we trust what we see when it comes to Will? i just throw that out there, because the show has been blowing the lines a bit. We are in a fascinating and captivating place at the moment with the show. There really is nothing else like this, and I hope the powers that be continue to realise its artistic worth and continue support to support it as I will continue to support your podcast. Thanks again for doing it, Mike, and I'll speak to you soon.
1: Okay, so thanks, Gareth, uh, for that fantastic uh, voicemail, and my apologies for not getting this in earlier in the podcast with the rest of the feedback. Um, I, you know what, I might just be asking you, uh, how to go about doing this. I'm in the middle of a Skype podcast uh, episode, you know, Skyping with Sarah and I was trying to figure out how to go about playing your, uh, audio file and, I uh, just couldn't get around. I could, couldn't figure out how to do it. So I'm just going to have to get online or do something and figure it out. Maybe the next time I'll be more prepared and be able to do it. But anyway, um, just to move on to what you – know, or apply to what you put in your voicemail, I like the non-linear uh, structure of the series right now. I, I, I think it's really interesting. It's different. It's it's just simply not what we've seen in other shows. So I, for one, am really, really excited for it. Um. As for the girl uh, that Will meets, she's uh, – in the book, she's an assistant to Lady Mirasaki. For the longest time, we thought that Lady Mirasaki was going to be on the show, but that would be difficult with the ages of the characters. So what they're doing is they're taking her assistant. They're essentially mashing up the two characters together and it allows them to cast a younger actress and it gives the character who in the books had a very minor role a, a much, much bigger role here. Uh, yes, yes. I, I think the man was a patsy for Hannibal. I think Hannibal killed Misha and uh, ate her. And I think it allowed Hannibal to put the crimes on another person, basically. And... Uh, I think he might hope that Hannibal finds it. Will putting that tableau up there. I, I Maybe. So I don't think, I don't think that Will knows that Hannibal can't come back there or maybe, well, maybe he did mention it before with Will, but I don't know. Maybe there's just a, maybe there's a feeling that, that Hannibal will find his way back there at some point before the end. If, That happens to come and be able to see what Will's done. Um, Will, he could be truly venturing into dark territory. Last year he faked it. This year he could be actually going there. Uh, But I don't think that Will knows what he wants. I don't think, like as we said in the podcast earlier, I don't think he's going to know what he wants until he actually sees Hannibal. Maybe when he sees him he'll be enraged maybe that rage will actually appear for real or maybe it won't i don't know but i don't think that will knows what he wants right now i think it's just all going to be a matter of time until he actually figures that out um hannibal is drawing them in i think he knows that his time free is short whether that means being free and alive or dead and alive or incarcerated and alive, we, he doesn't know. But I think he's willing to go out in a blaze of glory. I think pulling everybody in is his way of saying, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out guns a-blazing. That's, that's what I think. Uh, as for Bedelia, I think she's, tip- she's tiptoeing through the landmines. I think she sees a path that she feels is going to lead to her freedom. And without a whole ton of pain on her end. But I don't know if she's going to be able to do it. I I honestly, I don't think she's going to be alive at the end of all of this. I think initially I theorized before the season began that she was Will's backup plan. She was the one responsible for bringing Hannibal down ultimately if anything happened to Will. Uh, But... I think we've seen that that's not the case. At least it doesn't appear that way. So I think for her transgressions, though, I, I can see her dying. You know, she's gone with Hannibal seemingly willingly. She had her chance to kill him. She didn't. And she went with him. And she's living a terrible hell. I think she's living a terrible life. And I think she hates every second of it. And she's fearful. But she also chose... The path that she's on, and I think it's going to be a choice that's going to ultimately lead to her death. So that's my opinion there. And thanks, Gareth. Yeah, for sending in this this voicemail. Um, love hearing from from someone that I've had such close contact with um, in the past, and it's just great to hear. That you like the show, that you're watching it, that you know you're listening to the podcast, which I always appreciate, and yeah, hopefully soon you know we'll be able to get you on here again, and uh, we'll be able to chat about Hannibal. So uh, and Travis is certainly up for it. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. So I can't wait, um, and I can't wait to hear more from you and more voicemails and or and or emails. So. Thanks, Gareth, for the uh, for the feedback. All right. So that looks like that's it for the uh, podcast this week. Hopefully I can figure this whole thing out and uh, be able to get all the feedback all together in one big lump. So anyway, until next time, I uh, hope you're hungry for, hungry for Hannibal. I will, and we'll see you next time. Bye.